Welcome to the 21 News Podcast. I'm Madison Trombler, and I'm joined today with Brian Cuban. You may recognize his name. He's a Dallas-based attorney, author, and recovery advocate. You might also know his brother, Mark Cuban. He's an entrepreneur and Dallas Mavericks owner. So, Brian, thanks so much for being with us. Thanks for having me on. So first off, you're here in Youngstown, and you are speaking at YSU this evening. It's sponsored by the Mahoning Valley Bar Association and YSU Pre-Law Center. So a free speech to the students. Yes. What is this going to be about? It's going to be about my recovery story. Uh, April 8th, today happens to be my 15th year in uh, long-term recovery from alcohol and cocaine addiction. And I'm going to talk about my life path and how that affected my life as a lawyer, as a student, as a law student. And I'm going to talk about hope and redemption and redefining our lives and how that's possible for everyone. Well, congratulations you. on your recovery. And as you said, you're a long-term recovering addict. You've been advocating as a speaker about this. You wrote several books. So can you give me a glimpse of your story and what you've been through? Sure. Uh, I can take you back to June 6th of 2006. The Dallas Mavericks are going to the NBA championship for the very first time. And as you might guess, I'm going to get some good seats for those games. I had a chance to get a couple of tickets for friends, and I didn't give them to my friends. I traded them to my cocaine dealer for $1,000 in cocaine, my 20th year as a practicing lawyer. So he gave me the cocaine, and I, got, and I was all paranoid, and I uh, hid the cocaine in all these fake electrical outlets. And then I took the cocaine back out and flushed it down the toilet. Second night, I did the same thing. And so I, I traded two sets of Dallas Mavericks championship tickets for cocaine two nights in a row and flushed it down the toilet. Kind of the insanity of addiction, right? And that was how my life was like, completely, quote unquote, insane. And, uh, and it wasn't just that. It was, uh, I've been to a psychiatric facility twice. Uh, I was suicidal in 2005 and really, and I was literally saved at the last second by my two brothers, Mark and Jeff. Uh, who came into my house and I had a 45, uh, I had a weapon on my nightstand. Uh, I'm also in recovery from bulimia. Yes, guys do get eating disorders. I struggled with uh, binging and purging for over two decades. And so even though about 50% of those with eating disorders are male, and most people don't realize that. So as you can see, there was quite the uh, journey of dysfunction. And But I began after a two and a half day drug and alcohol induced blackout, Easter weekend 2007, I began my journey of recovery. And uh, I've accomplished a lot in that journey, I think so, and uh, as compared to what I accomplished before that. <laughs> and so I want people to get the message that, you know, recovery is possible and that there is only one prerequisite to recovery. It is to be above ground. As long as you are above ground, you can recover. Well, that's a great message, and you're such an inspiration. And why did you choose YSU, Youngstown, to come and speak today? Because, you know what, Youngstown is, I consider it kind of, a, even though this is my first time here, people from Youngstown know Pittsburgh, people from Pittsburgh know Youngstown. I consider it kind of a sister city, and I never spent any time here. And I think every community needs to have storytellers and messaging, not the only one that, that I would be the only one doing that here. But I thought think it's important to... Uh, let especially the legal profession know that recovery is possible because the legal profession struggles with alcoholism at a rate twice the general public. And so I want to get my message out there to let students know, let lawyers know that we can make it work. And that'll be so helpful for them to hear this message. And also, what message do you have for anyone who's struggling with addiction or an eating disorder, like you mentioned? And also, I think more importantly sometimes, what message do you have for anyone who has a family member 
who's struggling with addiction or an eating disorder. That recovery is possible and it is not a crime to not know what to do. Okay, there are people out there, there are, you know, there are family, there are friends, there are professionals. Seek help and, and let other people help you figure out the pathway because that's okay. My family didn't know what to do. You know, you learn. Right. And you've come so far, obviously, you're so successful. So what advice can you share when it comes to being so successful as a lawyer and as an advocate, despite what you've overcome? I think that there are always going to be challenges. I recently lost my mom and everyone is going to have challenges. And what is important is building the tools to help us deal with them because there's always going to be trauma in your life, whether, no matter how successful you are. And however we define trauma, there are always going to be those things that have the uh, potential to impact us in a way that sends us a, a little bit askew. And so I want people to know that that's okay too. Uh, you have to just build the tools, build the tools to deal with it. Mm -hmm. And just curious, what kind of healthy habits or routines do you have in your life? Like, do you wake up and do some certain things to just kind of get you in the right space? I'm a big believer in mindfulness, especially from my eating disorder recovery standpoint. That was uh, mindful eating was very important in my eating disorder recovery. Uh, I moderate, I, I exercise which is very big. I used to be a marathon runner. Now after a hip replacement, I'm kind of a limper watching the turtles pass me. And then uh, I also, I play the piano. Find the things that you're passionate about, right? That give you those mental breaks. Find your passion, absolutely. Find your passion. And you have several books out, a new one called The Ambulance Chaser. What can people expect if they want to take a read? They can expect a protagonist, Jason Feldman, who, like me, struggles with drugs and alcohol. You write what you know. And they can expect a legal murder thriller that I think is very fast-moving. Uh, it's, it uh, it's been qualified as a page-turner by those who have read it. And it actually opened up as the debut number one uh, thriller uh, when it was released in, in January or in December. Awesome. And anything else you'd like our listeners here in Youngstown to know about you or your message? Yes, I'd like just everyone to know that we all know someone who's struggling, right? Whether even personally, whether it's opioids or cocaine or alcohol, whatever it is, you, we are all either intimately impacted or one step away. Always never be afraid to ask someone how they're doing. Are you okay? Because sometimes, that, and ask again. Because sometimes that can be the one thing that precipitates somebody to take that first step to get help. You have a lot of other recovery books, too. I do. I have a memoir called The Addicted Lawyer. That's my primary memoir. And that is about my struggle with drugs and alcohol as a practicing lawyer. And that's what kind of got me speaking to bar associations right. and stuff. So right now, are you still practicing or are you more so advocating and yeah. speaking around? Yeah, I haven't practiced in over well over a decade. Got it. Do you miss it at all? Not a bit, not a bit. Uh, I, was, I never wanted to be a lawyer, went to law school for all the wrong reasons. And it's something I'll talk about tonight. But uh, yeah, I don't miss it one bit. Thanks so much, for Brian, for joining us today. You're such an inspiration. Thank you. Thank you for having me.